The following program is brought to you by Fanbags Cornhole, Chicago's official supplier of professional cornhole boards and bags. Choose from any of their officially licensed designs or have my boy Brian design a custom set using anything from a selfie to your company's logo. Visit www.fanbagscornhole.com and use the promo code BRAGS to get 10% off your entire order. That's www.fanbagscornhole.com and use promo code BRAGS for 10% off. Step up your game with Fanbags Cornhole. Welcome back to Boilers in the Stands. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Joining me is Ben Kaldzinski from ISC Purdue, uh, filling in for a little bit while Craig does post-game stuff and Braggs is off doing. Uh, he, he has dad duties today, so can't fault him there for being for having to miss this one. Um, Purdue gets a daddy-daughter dance for him today. Yeah, so daddy-daughter dance. Yeah, he's doing the, the right thing. 100%. So uh, Purdue gets a 79-59 to 59 win over Indiana. And per the broadcast, this is the first time since 1933 that Purdue won both IU matchups by 20-plus points. Um, this is a game that Purdue won by 20, but the last eight minutes, they didn't care. They were literally just messing. Like, I've never – usually with painter teams, right, you have – even when you're up 20, 30, it's still play, you know, play within your system, do your stuff, execute well. Purdue was just messing around for the final eight minutes, and it was wild to see. Um, and we'll, we'll go through – you know, all the key points and stuff. And, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. If you are enjoying our stuff, please hit the like and subscribe button, if, especially on YouTube. Um, just just really helps us appreciate that. So uh, before I kick it to you, Ben, I, I think I just want to throw out my one like single key or, or big point from this game is that when you look at these two teams, I, like I don't think Purdue had their A game today. I, it was a solid game. It, was, it wasn't their best. It, it wasn't. But when you look at these two teams, there's, I guess, two things that stand out. One is just Purdue is a team. Indiana does not seem like a team at all. Like always, it just seems like there's more five players playing on the court together. And then the other thing is almost every single possession for at least the first 35 minutes, Purdue had energy and Indiana did not. And right. we'll go into all like, you know, the X's and O's and who played well and what it, what happened and, and all that. But sometimes it's as simple as that. Purdue is a more cohesive unit and they played harder. And sometimes that, that's all you plus that you're the more talented team. And that's just that's going to get you wins. So, Ben, I'll throw it to you kind of key points and just overall view from the game. So, uh, Purdue started a little bit slow, right? Uh, they, what was it, 0 for 7 from 3? Uh, you know, a little bit, uh, I, I don't want to say lax days, but I just want to say, uh, you know, things weren't falling, things weren't doing quite right on the offensive end at the beginning of the game. But what they did do was they kept playing good defense. They kept the game or they kept IU kind of, you know, at arm's length. And then once the, uh, the, the point total, the, the score total started growing, this was a completely different game. And um, there, there was a point here where um, it just appeared, like you said, that IU was, it just it just wasn't right. Something just seemed a little bit off. And uh, I saw in the chat um, that uh, I can't remember who said it, uh, that uh, Mike Woodson seemed disinterested. That it was SLK Boiler. Um, that's something that some of the there were some IE writers that were sitting next to me. We were saying it does kind of seem like Mike Woodson looked a little disinterested. But that's not the story of this game. The story of this game was Purdue did what they do despite not having the best A game and their best shooting. And they still took care of business and won by 20 points. Yeah, this is this is a game that you just – Purdue is the better team. They are better based literally like everywhere on the floor. Right. And, you know, IU got off to a good start. They really did. They led for a couple minutes early on, and, and they were getting their stuff. Um, and But we've said time and time again – to beat Purdue, you have to play a near perfect game for 40 minutes. You can, right. you know, Purdue can withstand a, a perfect game for eight minutes from teams. They're they're talented enough that they can do it. They can withstand perfect game for eight minutes while shooting like over what they start over seven from three or something like that. Yeah, over seven. Uh, yeah. So like, th this is a team that can just beat you in so many ways. And then the three point shooting did eventually fall. Uh, and you're the three point shots did start falling for Purdue. Right. Um, but yeah, just just a really good team effort. I think there's lots of good contributions from everybody. Obviously, highlighted by Edie and Smith and uh, Zach Edie, one for one from three in Mackey. Well, in in this game, but in Mackey Arena uh, today, like that's where that was when the the messing around just started. It was yeah. You saw Edie pop that first time, and he didn't have it, and immediately went straight back to it. And was like, "Give me the ball." Thanks it in, and like I'm sure we'll get a stat. I would be shocked if that was not the loudest Mackey has ever been. Uh, that was because the yeah, yeah. I, I, it has to be right. 
I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot to get me to emote in press row, and that one got me. Okay. Um, it even got some of the IU fans around me uh, to kind of go, oh, my goodness. So it was a special moment, and I think it's kind of a poetic justice-type scenario that it banked in. Uh, it yeah. wasn't exactly the prettiest shot, but the thing is, if you watch Edian warmups, if you watch them, I've seen some of these practice highlights, I've seen him hit 10, 15 threes in a row. Um, so he can shoot them, uh, but I just think, uh, you know, the, the seal is broken on those threes now. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but it was, it just seemed poetic and almost perfect. Uh, but yeah, this place went wild when that happened. Uh, I haven't heard it that wild in a while, but also I got to give credit to Mackie Arena as always. This place was raucous. Uh, it, you know, they brought the intensity. You could tell from before the game even started, there were thousands upon thousands of people already out there waiting to get in lines. Um, and you can, uh, you can hear uh, maybe Coach uh, Coach Katie getting a tremendous uh, uh, applause here from the fans that are sticking around uh, to see Coach Katie. Um, it, it's, uh, it, this is really a magical night. And these are the types of nights that I love. Uh, anytime that my Boilermakers can win fairly easily against IU, in Mackey Arena, uh, it's just chef's kiss. You got to love it. Yep, this is a after, especially after the first five minutes, in which obviously you're not too stressed in general. This was a pretty stress-free game. Yeah, like I, I really at no point was even I thought like oh Purdue was going to let it slip. Um, I think the best that Purdue was playing in that second half, or I mean Indiana was playing in the second half, was those final five minutes. They started hitting a couple jumpers and stuff, and it didn't matter at that point. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get into the actual kind of breakdown of the game, but I feel like there's just there's just a lot of like it's the rivalry game. Purdue absolutely handled them uh, as they should. They're the far superior team this year, and and they took care of business. Um, we'll go to some of the stats real quick, or, or I guess actually no, Let, let's wait on the stats a little bit. Okay, Ben, we'll throw it to you. Um, so we, we you know we hit on the very very broad key, but what within the game itself, what was, what was some of the things that stood out to you the most? Uh, this was kind of a Braden Smith alpha game. Okay, so you look at Zach Eady, okay, he scores his 20, was 26 points or whatever 26. it was. 26 points, and I think he had 13 rebounds. So that, you know, I mean, that's a hell of a game. Uh, but this was really Braden Smith playing uh, like his hair was on fire. And there was bad in there, too, so it was good and bad, like he was just running around like a maniac. But uh, I would say 75% of it was positive. And, you know, he made a couple turnovers, but that's going to happen when you have the ball in your hands. But he was hunting his shot. He was taking it to the hole. He was doing everything he needed to do. And that's exactly what this team needs. Lance Jones was a little bit uh, cold to start this game. So what did we do? We took it to the hole. It was a lot of creation from Braden Smith. And we just need to keep in mind, Braden Smith's only a sophomore. And he has this, he has this built-in hatred already. For the IU rivalry, uh, he really brought his A game today, and you gotta love what you saw from Braden Smith today. Yeah, and I think it relates back to Edie too. Of Edie gets you know lots of touches early, gets wear and foul trouble, and mm -hmm. so now when they run pick and roll, IU like was just not hugging. Well, basically hugging Edie on the roll, and so all that did was just open up a lane for Smith, and you saw Smith be aggressive, like you said. Um, he had. 15 first half points. I'm checking. Yeah, 15 first half yeah. points on seven of 11 shooting. And in the moment where IU was scoring and IU was keeping up, uh, Brayden was absolutely the guy that was able to keep Purdue with it. And then at the end of the day, like IU just wasn't able to play that way for 40 minutes and Purdue more or less was. Um, no, just, just was, you know, I, when you look back at the first IU game, right, he was two for 14. And I wonder if that had something to do with it, too. And he just knew yeah. he's like, oh, people said I couldn't make shots or whatever. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to. Uh, I think he just absolutely diced up this defense. Like if, if and for the most there was he had a couple bad turnovers, 100 um, oh, percent. Sure. But whatever, whatever in this game specifically. But I think there was a couple times, too, in the first half, especially when he made three or four buckets and I use defense like kind of came to him he didn't try to force he just was like okay i'll feed it to Edie. i'll feed it to yeah. one of my shooters and and although the shots weren't falling at first brain's gonna keep feeding him uh this was yeah just an unreal night for for him 19 19 points nine rebounds four assists four steals and two turnovers uh 36 minutes of play he's uh once again showing why he's one of the best point guards in the entire country he is one of the best point guards in the big 10 he's he's comfortably top three at this point and i think you can make arguments for for even higher sure. uh yeah it, it was it was just great to see what he was able to do especially in that first half where he just took control 
He absolutely did. And I want to be like just clear with everyone. I love looking at the comments both uh, during the, the, the podcast and after the podcast. I've had people say that, that I am a, a too uh, gassed up uh, fan. I've had people say I'm too negative a Purdue fan. Um, I just want to be clear. Let's not nitpick Braden Smith's two turnovers or whatever it was. You know, it happens. Purdue beat IU by 20. It is a beautiful Saturday night, and uh, you can't really ask for anything more. No need to nitpick, but again, with a team that's 21 and 2 now, 20, what are we at? Oh, that's a good question. 22 and 2? 22 and whatever we are. Two losses. Two losses in mid February. Uh, you can't ask for anything better, but uh, that's why we get paid the uh, the big bucks here. Uh, big bucks, the bucks here uh, to talk about uh, you know some of the negatives, but when there's almost exclusive positives, it's a good position to be in. Yeah, and, and there are a few negatives, and we'll we'll hit on them later sure. in the show. I don't want to start with that though. Um, yeah, this was a game. Brayden took control. I feel like we gotta go to Ed next. Just sure, just yeah. as we kind of cycle through. Um, 26 points, 13 rebounds. I'll, I'll throw up his stat line real quick for everybody to look at. That is on audio. 26 points, 13 rebounds, six of them offensive, four assists, uh, two blocks of steal. Like it's just, you know, another day at the office for Edie's 11 for 16 from the free throw line and one for one from three. This was a game where IU just didn't have an answer. Their only answer sort of was where, and even then, um, I'm not, a, you know, I, I think, I think I've made it fairly clear that I'm not a big ref guy. I think a lot of the ref talk is, you know, should there be fouls and stuff? It's sometimes it is fair. A lot of times I think it's just kind of useless, but I will say that first half, though, that first 10 minutes, where was, where fouled Edie on every single post up, like every single one. And you could see it yeah. from here. Um, and Edie's just going to keep fighting through. He ends seven for 15, wasn't his most efficient night. Um, but, you know, 26 points, 13 rebounds. He anchored the defense too. Right. And, once where got once where especially got out of the game. I, I think that was big in that first half. Is that that first you know eight minute stretch or whatever that IU was scoring? What per, they did a really good job of. They used where and just in awkward spots where Edie couldn't really help at the rim, right? And like the one time Renew posts up on the block and it's where that's right there, like on the strong side wing. And so Edie's never in that spot. He didn't really know what to do. Does he double? Does he stay? Um, so I think they did a good job there. But then once he gets in foul trouble, you know. Paint sparks the backup big for IU. Like Edie just started going to work, and then defensively, that's when he could really just anchor anchor the defense at the rim, um, turn IU into more of a jump shooting team. And they're just not IU. Just IU's not capable right now of winning, having to hit jumpers consistently. They had yeah. some good looks off off a pick and roll. That'll be one of the negatives we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, as I stray kind of away from Edie, we'll bring it back. What were your your thoughts on Edie on? 26, 13, four assists, two blocks of steel into three. What, what were your thoughts? I mean, uh, day in, day out, the ho-hum Zaki experience, right? So, um, and, and I mean that in the most endearing way possible. Um, my, my tongue is firmly in cheek when I say that because he, he's just incredible. Um, I will say this, like you said, and, and we're, we're not going to get too much into the negatives, uh, but there was that, that not was a pick and roll and, and give and go type, back cut, back yeah. cut type of stuff as well uh, that – Gave him a little bit of fits early in the game, the lobs, the alley oops uh, to Kalel Ware. Um, so you know it wasn't an infallible victory uh, for for uh, his individual play. But what more can you ask for? Like you said, they were climbing on him again. They they climb on him every single game, and uh, you know it, it, something's got to give at some point. Uh, but the bottom line is, after uh, you know kind of racking up some of these fouls and, and Trey Kaufman run had a, had a part to do with that too. In the early second half, we'll talk about that. Uh, but you know, he started kind of getting back into his free throw rhythm a little bit. He did struggle early in this game, but he, I think he went on a, a stretch of, I don't know, four or five, six in a row where, where we're like, okay, we he's back where he needs to be, but it looked really good. And, uh, um, I, I gotta be impressed with what he, what he did. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, we could say we could spend 20 minutes on ED every game. Sure. Um, and it's just like, I feel like I take for granted for Purdue's offense when I'm watching of just like one, their ability to get ED the ball. Like that's, that's not common across college basketball. Like right. not like he would be good wherever he went. He would end up being good. There's, it's not a guarantee that he'd be as dominant as he is here just because Purdue is able to get him the ball every time. Like there is, there is skill to post entry passing and, and Purdue runs such good sets getting the ball. But like, then it's also just a luxury that 
they can literally throw him the ball if they need to every possession. That first six, seven minutes, Edie was touching the ball basically every single possession. And then IU had to switch their defense because of foul trouble. And then Brain Smith takes over. And, and so, and then once Brain cooled off a little bit in the second half, Edie gets going, TKR gets going, and now jumpers start going. And you can just go on and on on how this team can score the ball. Like it is, right. it, is it is a really, really, really good offense to watch. Um, you know, our, our guy Tonsoni over at Assembly Calls talking with him pregame is just, he, you know, even he's an IU fan, just loves. Right. Loves watching Purdue's offense movement, right? And, and right. he's the coach, so he obviously understands. He loves that sure. part too, and, and just can understand that. But like, it is constant motion from basically four players, and I like defenses have to be on point always. Um, right. It is rare that offenses like a key right now it is spacing. Is today's basketball you want spacing, spacing, spacing? Purdue spaces the floor well with a seven foot four guy that operates primarily block to block. Mm-hmm. Like right. just the stuff that they do, it's 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 unreal. So um, yeah, I, it's it's crazy. It's it's so much fun to watch, and we are very fortunate that we get to watch it. We are, we really are. And uh, speaking of Tansoni, I did sit next to him here in press row, and um, he could not be more complimentary of the Purdue program. And and he said all of this under the veil of I am an absolute. Or, I'm quoting him or, or uh, pseudo quoting him. I am a, an IU fan. And I adore what Purdue's doing. You know, it was essentially that sort of stuff. Uh, you can tell that Tansoni really knows yeah. basketball. He was a coach. He does the Delphi Bracketology. He is involved with a lot, a lot, a lot of college basketball. And he knows what he's doing. And I, I really got to give him credit. You know, um, you know, we all have friends that are IU fans and things like that. Uh, Tansoni is one of the best out there. So you can give him a, a, a Twitter follow. I follow Delphi Bracketology and, and um, Assembly Call and everything that he does because he's great um and he was a pleasure to sit next to and just kind of talk basketball shoot the shit a little bit um but he he was very complimentary of the motion and like you said um kind of uh nit not nitpicking uh uh very um what's the word i'm looking for uh looking Critique? he was kind of like uh, i guess just say nitpicking the the iu defense he was critical of iu's defense and how they were fouling yeah. Um, you know, it's not like I, I speak professionally for a living or anything like that. So I, I lost my words there. It, it's late. It's, uh, it's past my bedtime, but, there you go. um, but he was, uh, he, he was saying, you know, th- they gotta be smart playing in that post against Zach Eady. He is so much of a load. You gotta be smart. And Tansoni knew exactly what was going on. And we all kind of saw it. Like you said, there was a lot of fouls that were, that were not getting called, but that's par for the course around here. Yeah, there is, uh. Pause for a sec because ED came out and there's a big applause. Um, yeah, like you've the, the formula right now for defenses is you you have to be physical with ED, but you have to like you have there's a line between physical and following, right? And defenses right now have to be basically on that line, almost just like slightly over and, and make refs call it. Um, oh, sure. and that, that's how you know that's how Reed had it did a pretty good job a few games ago with Michigan. Uh, you saw Rutgers do a pretty good job with it, and, and teams just when they slow Edie down, that is going to be the big reason why. Um, Mad Sis says, "Smash like or Edie will dunk on you." That's what I've heard, <laughs> or he'll bank in a three over you. I, I, both <laughs> might be options, so definitely hit that like button. Uh, appreciate Mad Sis tuning in. So we've gone through a couple of the players. Let's go through the rest of the actual team stats because I said we do it later, and then I kind of just skipped it because. I'm hosting, and that's how it goes. Purdue wins 79 to 59. Uh, they shoot 25 for 59 from or overall, and then eight of 21 from three. Poor shooting in the first half, but get it going in the second half. 21 to 33 from the free throw line. Um, not the best performance, and, and something that's been a, becoming a little bit more worrisome for me is the free throw shooting. But on IU side, uh, 59 points, 23 of 55 shooting, four of 16 from three, and, and three of those I believe came in garbage time. Uh, Purdue wins rebounding 46 to 31, including 15 to five on the offensive glass. Purdue, like I said, more energy, more hustle, and, and just better uh, down low. Turnovers, IU 12 compared to only nine for Purdue. That was one of our keys was just like, IU's not a defense that's going to force a ton of turnovers, but at the same time, they're going to pressure and they have guards that can do it. Um, so Purdue, nine turnovers is great there. Uh, points in the paint, 30 to 28 for Purdue. Uh, 15 assists for IU, 12 for Purdue, 10 steals for Purdue compared to five for IU. Um, I think that's, that sums it up probably for 
the team stats, I used 9 of 15 from the free throw line as well, so they didn't shoot great there either. Anything stand out to you, Ben, from the stat line or anything like that? Well, j just God's honest truth, this is what Purdue should do to a team like IU. They should be, you know, kind of well in hand in a lot of the statistical categories, and they did it today. Uh, you know, there's really not much more to add than Purdue is a more, you know, a more gifted, a more superior team than the IU Hoosiers are. They take care of business, and, and that's the bottom line for this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the turnover stands out to me. Like, only having nine, that's just huge in a game where you don't want to give IU any easy points. Right. Um, that was happened right, right at the end of the first half, right? It was a... Or I don't know what that was. I the last know. 30 seconds of the first half? Yeah. I don't know if that Colvin shot, like, probably should have been a shot clock violation and no run out. Yeah. But either way, it's a turnover. And I was able to cut it to 12 instead of it being, like, a 14-point lead. Um, and so just being able to take care of the ball. And then even when Purdue didn't shoot great, it felt like they were getting good shots pretty much whenever they wanted. And 8 for 21 from 3. Uh, in the first half, they were 3 of 13. So... Five of eight in the second half, able to start knocking things down. Um, just, yeah, I, I think he summed it up. And that's going to be the summary for the show is sure. Purdue's just a better team, and, and they played like it. And sometimes that's all it takes. There's we got Lance Jones. Uh, there's probably 500 people here, and Lance Jones is, is leading them in cheers and pumping them up. you got to give give Lance Jones credit, man. This guy loves Purdue, and we love him because he loves Purdue. Uh, yeah, he has, he's in, encapsulated the Boilermaker spirit for sure. Yeah, let, let's go to him. Um, yeah. I think I'm, I'm, we're going to start with the technical and then yeah. flow into everything else. I don't know for sure, but my understanding is he got a technical for basically inciting an IU sucks chant. <laughs> which if that's not Purdue, like if that isn't a, the most Purdue morally maker thing, then, you know, I don't know what is Lance Jones is, will is, and will forever be a Purdue boilermaker. And there is no doubt in my mind. Yeah, he, in his short time here, he's earned that. Now, you know, I am not a, a big fan of the IU sucks chant. You know, it, it is what it is. It's a little juvenile, but I tell you what, um, there is a lot of worse things that could have been done if, uh, you know, than, than waving the crowd on and encouraging them to chant something. Uh, but I will say this much. Um, th you got to admire the fact that right before that, he had taken a, a pretty heavy bump. Uh, that's what he got him to the free throw line. And Zach Eady got into it with some of the IU front court. And, uh, you know, the, the intensity, even in a game where they were up by 26, <laughs> we got Derek uh, Luchik in the uh, in the chat saying IU sucks, Ben, which which is fair. Um, and then Jeremy Armstrong, who was uh, my RA as a freshman, uh, he did. He is pointing out that uh, um, I did say IU sucks uh, when I was in college, so I can't, I can't, I can't deny that. So Jeremy's a good guy. Um, nice, nice to hear from you again, Jeremy. But uh, no, the bottom line is he's showing the 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 intensity and the heart and love for this program, and even in a, an emotional situation up approximately 30 points 26 28 whatever it was at that point you gotta admire that they're not giving up and they're still fighting yeah and this wasn't like this wasn't a great lance jones game a one for seven overall one right. for six from three um two turnovers but like like it, it wasn't a great lance jones game i think he was fine defensively but there still just is something to that of he almost seems to embody kind of he he's the guy that will wear his emotions on his sleeve and I think Purdue rosters at times have lacked that type of guy, especially in a meaningful role like his. Um, you need somebody that's not going to be afraid of anything. You need somebody that's willing to, you know, I'm not advocating for getting technicals and stuff, but somebody that's willing to at least border that line and, you know, talk to the other team and just sure. really just give that confidence to the team. Um, he can do that during a bad game like he he had today or not great game like he had today. Right. Um, and that's huge. That that really is huge. Um, offensively, I, I think it was just you know one of those off nights. This when we talk about Lance Jones and the Lance Jones experience, he was one for six from three. That is that is part of the Lance Jones experience. You're going to get five it for is. six from night. You're going to get one for six from three with some nights. So this was one of those nights. Um, luckily, it, it came in a game that it doesn't harm Purdue that much at all. Uh, defensively, there was definitely a stretch in that second half where I thought he was very good on Galloway. Where yes. when Galloway was really cooking, I think he really started getting physical, um, just kind of fighting through screens and, and being able to disrupt there. Other times, you know, I, what IU was doing, and so I again, 
uh, I forgot forgot my my dry erase boards, but I will try oh, to no. spell it out verbally as best as I can. So IU was running a lot of side pick and roll, so it's where it's on the wing, and what Purdue was doing was called icing. And so ice coverage when you're on defense means you're pushing the ball handler to the sideline. You're basically saying don't you cannot go middle. And so what Gallo, you know, Jones would do that to Galloway when Galloway was getting a screen. And what Galloway would do is he would use the screen and then just cut back to the middle, which is called snaking. And so I, I think there was times there. Um, that's where Edie got in trouble too with some of the lobs and some of the rotations. Is Jones would get caught on those screens and not be able to catch up. Um, but then I think in the second half he did adjust. And what he did, I think he started doing his work a bit earlier uh, of staying a bit more connected on Galloway before he even got the ball. And so now he's really able just to kind of fight through and bump through uh, and make life a little bit more difficult. What did Galloway end with today? Galloway, uh, 10 points on four of 11 shooting, seven assists. Right. So, you know, he wasn't the most efficient shooting. He he did facilitate the ball well. Um, but, yeah, Lance Jones, my, my, my overall thing for Lance today is he is a Boilermaker. And, and oh, yeah, that is that is it. Undeniable, undeniable. He he has encapsulated the heart of what a boilermaker is, and and we'll keep him. You know, David Jenkins Jr. did it. Uh, you know, uh, as well the year the year prior. You know, we've had John Octus. We've had a lot of these people come in and embrace our culture. And uh, you know, I'm really, really uh, excited to have him here. And he provides a little bit of attitude that you see from someone like Mason Gillis. You know. Um, who, who plays with a lot of intensity and who also uh, was really clutch this game. Uh, he drilled a lot of threes uh, in a short amount of time and really brought Mackey Reed into his feet. So, you know, I'm not, not trying to segue away from Lance Jones at this point, but uh, Mason Gillis was another one of those fiery players that we needed today to come up big. Yeah, Mason Gillis, nine points, three of six from three, five rebounds. And honestly, I think we should just um, – we can start with, with Gillis, but the four spot in general – uh, Shane Cox said TKR and Gillis combined 16 points, 12 rebounds, four steals, two turnovers. And you look at both of them, like we often say that sometimes this this four spot is the swing spot for Purdue. Um, you need physicality. You need rebounding for sure from both of them. Right. No matter what they're doing offensively, you need energy and rebounding. And, and you know, TKR has seven rebounds. Gillis has five rebounds. Uh, and then... TKR had that stretch in that second half to start where he's racking up fouls. He didn't hit his free throws, but right. racking up fouls. Now Renew ended up with four pretty quickly into the second half. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference maker too. Gillis knocks down some big time threes. Like you said, he hit a sidestep three, which I looked was his first um, off the dribble three of the entire year. So that that's oh, really? fun. It come, yeah. Comes off a sidestep three as well oh. there. Uh, just a great game from both of the force. And so as um, there was a, another comment I wanted to bring up. It was also from Shancock. She said, or they said, uh, one by 20 points and Lance and Fletcher combined for two field goals. And that's right. a lot because obviously Braden and Edie, like we already talked about, they went off, but you get really good production from this four spot. Um, so I'll throw it to you. I don't know if you want to hit on Gillis, TKR or both, but, uh, well, Im impressions from the four spot in general today. You know, um, I like to uh, parrot kind of what Brian Newbert says in some of his um, some of his reports and some of his things that he says. He says if you could combine Mason Gillis and Trey Kaufman Wren into a singular player, you would have uh, an entire roster filled with first team all Big Ten players. Uh, because you know what what TKR does is is great in his way, and what Gillis does is great in his own way, and um, TKR uh, today, early in that second half, there was concerted effort by Painter to feed him the ball. And it, something, he, he saw some wrinkle, and you'd probably know it better than I, I did uh, because you're, you're more of a, an intellectual type of guy when it comes to basketball. But I could at least see the, the um, action of, we're getting TKR the ball. And you saw the fouls mount up. He got a couple layups in there, which is fine. He got a lot of free throws. And, you know, he missed a lot of those free throws, let's be fair. Uh, but the bottom line is those fouls are very valuable in that circumstance because who's the the other front court player next to uh, TKR is Zach Eady. And if you're racking up fouls on that front court, you're just kind of tenderizing the meat for Zach Eady to feast. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. There is just – they TKR and Gillis both provide such – different strengths and good strengths. And I'm like, as I kind of think through, I feel like as I've thought back, there's a lot of games where they try getting TKR going early in the second half. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't know if they just like the change of pace of teams are so prepped. Like probably it's because painters like, 
or here, I'll put it this way. If you're an opposing opposing team, right, and, and Edie has 12 points at half, probably one of the things you're going to be talking about at half is how do we stop Zach Edie? And mm-hmm. so then Painter just comes in and throws a curveball. It's like, hey, how about you try to stop TKR in the post now? Um, and, and I think Painter also does a good job of feeding the hot hand. If, if TKR has a possession that he... Are we, are we back? I think they can hear me. Can yeah, I, hear me? I think we're back here. There's been a little bit of internet issues here yeah. at Purdue. Are you, are, uh, if someone could shoot us a message in the chat that we are, or that we are still live, that'd be great. Yeah. If somebody could say that, I'm going to keep talking as if everybody's listening and we'll see what happens. I think we're losing you again here, Joe. They can hear me, Joe. Can uh, can you hear me? You, I can hear you. I I, I think we're we're both kind of going intermittently in and out. Oh, uh, tough. Yeah, you yeah. go, you go then. Uh, so, uh, you know what what we'll go ahead and and talk about here is is some of that action here at the early part of the second half is with uh, TKR. Matt Painter is playing some sort of chess, and, and like you said, it's a it's a circumstance where. Um, we are in a, a position that, uh, it, like in football, I am a football guy. If you can't tell by looking at my figure, um, I played football, but uh, it's similar to selling out to stop the run in football. It opens you up to the pass. Selling out to stop Zach Eady opens up a Trey Kaufman run, and or vice versa. So, at, at, like you said, Joe, at halftime they go, "Hey, uh, you know, Zach Eady is, is just killing us. We got to figure out a way to, to double team. Well, where's that double going to come from?" It's either going to come from the wing or the guard position or it's going to come from another forward position. And that's going to leave easy opportunities if uh, if they don't uh, recover well enough for TKR in, in the low block. And, and that's what we saw here uh, early in the second half, and it racked up a lot of fouls. And, and, you know, the game was kind of in hand at that point, but it was a 12-point lead at half, and it stretched out to a 20-point lead uh, in that first five minutes, and a big part of that was TKR. Can you hear me? I can I can hear you. Yes. Okay. I don't know what because I just ran the internet speed test and my the speed through the Ethernet is uh, is wild. I don't know why I'm buffering. So I do apologize for all of that. Um, I, I caught the last part of your TKR kind of the the you know selling out for ED and then being able to get it to TKR. Right. Um, and that's that's kind of this team in general is if you really then if you sell out down low you're gonna give up open threes to what is Purdue now? Purdue is the fifth best three point shooting team in the country at forty percent. Right. Um, so it, it's, it, it's good. Um, who is, is there other players that we need to go to? Is there, is there anything besides an individual player that stood out to you in this game that you, you kind of want to hit on that we haven't yet? You know, not, not particularly, but I, I do want to give IU a little bit of credit here. Um, so IU kept fighting and, and they just kept coming, even though it was a very lopsided score and there was a stretch towards the end where it kind of in mop up time, they were. Um, they scored quite a bit, but um, I believe it was CJ Gunn had an excellent uh, game for him, and and you could tell that yeah, he had 13 points and um, three assists, you know, and it was just in 20 minutes. But he's a a player that hasn't um, contributed a ton this year. You know, you can tell he's a tremendous athlete. He's still kind of getting his feet underneath him. I was really impressed with him, and I am really impressed with uh, Malik Renew as well. Uh, I was talking with Tansoni about this. I would take uh, Renew on my team any time of the year. Uh, you know, he didn't have his greatest game today. He had uh, uh, six points, uh, but he was in a lot of foul trouble. But he can he can face someone up. He can uh, take him down low. He can hit the three. Uh, these, there is a lot of talent here on this IU team. I don't want to get into, um, you know, if their coach is utilizing things right. Now, this isn't the Harlem Globetrotters, the Dream Team, or anything like that. There, there are some obvious flaws in their team, but uh, it says a lot for this defense to only give up 59 points to a Big Ten team in a rivalry game. Um, so uh, the defense really stood up against some, some players. And, you know, I was just impressed with some of the highlights that IU had. That lob play to Khalil Ware is, um, or Khalil Ware is a, a tremendous play. They tried it about a half dozen times, and it worked about five of them. Um, but uh, you got to keep keep in mind that, that Purdue is causing a lot of that misfortune for IU as well. This is a team that steamrolled Ohio State in the second half last game. 
you know, uh, they were down by 20 and came back and won. Uh, that is a hard thing to do. And uh, so IU was running high. They were running with a lot of momentum. Purdue took care of business, and you got to be really impressed with that. Yeah, and I think the big thing is that that early stretch when IU was getting some shots to go is Purdue was able to hang in, and they just had to weather, weather that little bit of a storm on the IU's offense, and then from there, uh, they dominate the game. Uh, our guy Craig is in presser right now. I assume he should be getting out pretty quick, uh, but but we over on our to- our Twitter at Boilers and Stands, you should go go follow us there. Um, and more of like full length clips are there. But a quote came in from Zach Eady, and this is from Zach Eady about Brayden Smith. Uh, People count out his athleticism a lot, and he's a really good athlete. He's just short, and uh, a little bit <laughs> ironic coming from coming from Zach Eady because like yeah, yeah, everybody's short, but. Uh, no, Braden was was excellent, and this is I'm, I guess I'll go back to him for a sec. Like sometimes Braden dominates with his jumper. What, what game was it? Well, Wisconsin game, the first half where he just got to his jumper. Mm-hmm. He got to the rim. Yep. He got to the rim against you know a seven footer, a six ten dude in Malik Renew who's very good. Um, and so just being able to get downhill like that was was great. Uh, we kind of keep rolling through some of these players. Got to probably mention Fletcher at this point. Uh, five points, sure. three rebounds, two assists. Uh, one for three from three, which was an and one three, um, wasn't a wasn't his best game. Uh, no. I think he got targeted a bit defensively, wasn't a, and wasn't able to knock down shots. And so, you know, and that's why you see as I pull up the rotation here, like Fletcher only played twenty five minutes. Um, he Painter went away from him a bit in that first half, especially like you have options. This was not a good game from Fletch, but at the end of the day, like it just I don't know. Right. This, this is a like. In a lot of the previews and stuff, we were saying Mbako is just a bad matchup, and that's who he's going to have to guard. If it's going to, if he's going to get targeted defensively, just he's not going to be in the game unless he's going off from three. Couldn't get the shot, um, and yeah, just that, that's kind of all I have. It, it wasn't a good game. There's no other way to put it. And carry on. But I wouldn't say it was a bad game. So here's the thing: there's only so many shots to go around, right? And you've got Zach Eady taking his share of shots. Uh, then you also have an opportunity. Uh, where uh, Braden Smith is, uh, you know, scoring nearly 20 points. Uh, Mason Gillis had his handful of shots. He's, he almost was in double digits here. And then you had uh, the Lance Jones experience, which was, uh, you know, a couple shots here and there. Uh, sometimes it's you just don't get the shots up and you're not going to score. And that's okay um, because the bottom line is, and we're gonna, I have to, every time I'm on the show, I'm going to keep reminding people this, Purdue won by 20 points today against IU. So, um you know, just because it wasn't the greatest game for him, it is what it is. Uh, but I want to say this much, uh, if I can change the subject a little bit here, um, it was really nice to see Miles Colvin get a little bit of run here, uh, a little bit towards the end of the first half. He hit a three at one point, which was excellent. And I don't know if you noticed this, Joe, he showed a really strong improvement defensively from what I saw, he was not quite getting as lost as he used to be once he was getting into this system. Uh, the problem with him is on ball, he can play pretty pretty fair defense. It's the off-ball defense, the help side. Um, and I, and I kind of, once he was in, I was, I was paying attention to that. And he looked like he was in the right spot. Now, I, I say that as he got a foul called on him within 20 seconds of him entering the game. Um, but... It just seems like at least he's he's understanding the concepts and he's getting a little bit of run here in a in a uh, a rivalry game and you know he deserves more minutes but there's a lot of talent and a lot of experience ahead of him uh, but he's he's earning his stripes here and and it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, flourishes going forward. Yeah, I think you know it should it's a tough spot for Colvin and it's a tough spot because of people's expectations for him coming into the year. I think if he was treated like a normal freshman, um, and, and I get that he's not exactly a normal freshman, especially for Purdue standards. So I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, I think if I think we're losing Joe again. Yeah, I think we're lo- we're losing we're losing Joe. I, to, to Do you hear me? Of, Do you hear me? I, oh, you're back. I was, oh, I, was I was laying down ground cover for you to make sure you. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, but you go ahead. You were saying if, if we were treating Colvin like a like a normal freshman, then yeah, yeah, I just think like like he's going to need time, like most freshmen do. He's going to be a fantastic player. You already see the highlights here. He's just in a tough spot that Lance Jones came in and is playing thirty five minutes, thirty thirty five minutes. Um, that would be a lot of where he was at. Would be if Lance was more of this fifteen, maybe 
points per game guy that or minutes per game guy he is a 15 point per game guy at this point uh 15 minutes per game guy that maybe we right. kind of more expected coming into the season then Cole would have a bigger role it's just tough when you have Braden that's going to play 36 plus minutes you have Lance Jones that's going to play 30 plus minutes and you know lawyer's going to get at minimum 20 to 25 and in some games lawyer's going to get 35 uh right. there's just that combined with you know Morton is going to come in for defense and I think today um, especially in that first half, Colvin got run because Lawyer was struggling, but also because Morden, like IU was giving ED single coverage, except for when Morden was in, they were doubling off of him every time. Um, and so it, it's just a tough spot for him to get consistent minutes. You see the flashes and, and that is oh, yeah. great. There's the improvements needed defensively. Like you said, that very first play, he, he misses his backside rotation, but I agree too. There was some stuff in the second half, especially on ball. I thought he did a pretty good job for the most part on CJ Gunn, you know, getting through some screens. And those are all the improvements that we want to see because we all know how talented he is and how good he's going to be. It's unfortunate that Purdue is the, if they're not the best team in the country, they are the consensus number two team in the country okay. on a team that is, is, you know, has brought back a lot of, lot of minutes from last year. What, you know, I'll find the exact, um, Purdue is is ninth in the entire country out of 362 teams in minutes continuity per Ken Palm. And so they brought 71% of their minutes back from last year, ninth best That's in the country. Number. It's just tough for tough for some guys to find minutes. That's why even like Heidi is what did Heidi get today? Heidi got uh Heidi got eleven minutes, like even him. In certain years he might have a bigger role. Sure. Um, but it's also good that when lawyers struggling, when Morton's struggling. Colvin can come in and be that spark. And I still think at some point Purdue is going to come out flat for some game and Colvin's going to come in in the first half, drill like three threes and, and, and get <laughs> Purdue going again. Yeah, well, absolutely. He's a heater, right? He's yep. that guy that comes off the bench and, uh, you know, when given the opportunity can just start filling it up. You know, you played Joe and I played, you know, uh, middle school and early high school type stuff before I decided to concentrate more on football. It is impossible to come in and shoot hot while you're sitting on the bench for an hour. Yep. You know, it's impossible, uh, but he does it, and, you know, and of course I'm saying, you know, figuratively impossible, but, you know, he looked good. He's confident. And, and that's another player looking forward to the future. Like Lance Jones right now, he's a confident ball player. He's got that a little bit of Carson Edwards in him. Uh, we will see, you know, that's, that's high praise for a freshman uh, to see, you know, those are big shoes to fill. Uh, but I'll say this much. He's exciting. And, um, you know, I know that his dad is a is a football legend here uh, at Purdue and, and in the NFL. Uh, he's got that competitive spirit, and you know, is it disappointing that he may be in a position where the minutes aren't going to be there for him? Uh, like you said, seventy one percent of our our minutes returned. That is a really tough nut to crack there. Oh, and also we have uh, Lance Jones coming in. Uh, we have Cam Heidi, who's an excellent player. Uh, and, and, you know, Miles Colvin has to kind of fill in the, these extra positions, these extra minutes here. It's tough. Uh, but hopefully that, that continues to motivate him and say, hey, I need to uh, work on X, Y, and Z to make sure that I'm getting these minutes next year. Yep, 100%. And I'm going to uh, quickly remind everybody, Purdue won by 20 over Indiana today um, as, as our comment section is turning in. It just turns into a lawyer versus Colvin thing always. And, and right. I'm going to be honest, I think it's really dumb. Um, there are bad games from lawyer. There's obviously stuff that Colvin needs to improve to, to get more consistent minutes. And, and I'm, I'm trusting Painter on that one. So sure. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to leave it at that and move on. I'm surprised Craig <laughs> isn't back by this point. I, I'm, I know we were kind of waiting for him to try to get on. Um, I'm going to text him real quick sure. um, and, and see where he's at, see if he's wanting to come on. And But before we do that, do want to give a uh, shout out to our sponsor, Michelle Rainey. And as I pull this up, sorry, lagging a little bit. So yeah, uh, shout out to our sponsor, Michelle Rainey, Purdue graduate and Lafayette resident since 1999. Michelle Rainey has 10 years of full-time experience working with buyers, sellers, and real estate investors in greater Lafayette and many surrounding areas. If you need to buy, sell, invest, or even relocate, call Michelle to schedule an appointment to see how she can help you accomplish the real estate goals you have. Your home or creating an investment. Uh-oh. I think we're uh, losing Joe again here. Three, two. I think you're back, Joe. Can you hear me? How how much of that did you hear? Uh, about three quarters of it. So, if you need to buy, sell, investor, even relocate, call Michelle. 
Am I out again? No, you're good. Okay. Have the experts with Rainey and Company at Keller Williams on your side and let Michelle navigate this process to make it easy. Call or text 765-532-3415. That is 765-532-3415. I uh, do want to you know, appreciate them for, for uh, helping sponsor the show, even as I cut in and out of their ad. Um, definitely, if you need real estate, go and give them a call. We're getting through a lot of this at this point um, right. and waiting on a response from Craig. Uh, pull up the stats again here for Purdue specifically um, does, as we kind of go through. Is there anybody you want to hit on that we haven't hit on um, or just anything from this game in, in general that you think we miss and you want to hit on, whether it be from the game, it be from the fans or, or, or I don't know, the the anything at all? Yeah, uh, ju just the bottom line for me is, you know, I, I'm a religious guy and, you know, I'm not going to bring religion into this, but there's always that. Uh, what do you imagine heaven is like? I imagine heaven is, uh, you know, sitting here in press row watching Purdue win by double digits against IU. You know, now, OK, obviously that's that's exaggeration. That's hyperbole. Right. But the bottom line is I love this type of situation. You know, uh, anytime that you can just kind of have a ah, yes, they're winning easily against your. Uh, the rival IU, anytime IU loses, in my opinion, is, is a fun circumstance. And when it's at the hands of the Boilermakers, it's even better. Uh, I have, you know, my, my, I've got family who went to IU. Uh, most of my immediate family are Purdue folks. Uh, I have uh, some extended family, some in-laws and folks and their kids that, that have gone to IU or, 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 or will go to IU. And um, I, I don't, I'm not a trash talker to them. But I, I do like to look back at days like this and be like, hey, uh, Purdue's average margin of victory this year against IU is 20.5. It's always a nice thing to fall back on. That's that's, that's a very, uh, very fun thing to be able to say. Um, yeah. And I think I'll talk about a little bit about the Big Ten as, you know, we're kind of I know we're getting to the end of this show right here. Um, this was a big week for Purdue in terms of the Big Ten race. Illinois and Wisconsin both lose. Wisconsin has now dropped four straights. Uh, they are yeah. now eight, eight and five in Big Ten, and, and basically no chance at all. Um, Illinois is eight and four after dropping today against Michigan State, uh, and a really fun game to watch. So you know, Purdue still has the game at Illinois, so there is still that chance. Illinois is not out of the running, and, and there is the game against Wisconsin at home still. But um, it, it's very much Purdue's race. This is Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten, and, and it is in a debate. There's nobody else in their tier. It, it is them and then the rest. And this week has been pretty big, you know, for that as well. Um, right now, per Kenpom, Purdue is projected to win the Big Ten by four games. I don't know four. how many okay. times that's happened. If that does end up playing that way, like it can't be many, if if at all. Um, I, I know three last year was a pretty big deal and a very, very few teams have ever won it by three just kind of shows where Purdue's at is this program. And we're getting closer to March and that'll be where all of the topic of conversation rightfully goes yeah. to. But at the same, same time, like yes, Purdue and Painter have to get over this March hump. There is no, no doubt about it. Um, but enjoy this while it's happening. Right. This, isn't, this isn't, this is not normal what Purdue's doing this year. Yeah, let's uh, not wish time away because, you know, I, I'm getting older, you know, even though I got this baby face, I'm getting older. I've got kids in college and all that stuff, but um, never wish time away because what you're witnessing in front of you right now is a, it, it, this is unprecedented in the, you know, in our lifetimes. It's unprecedented in the history of Purdue basketball, uh, you know. How this season's going to end, I have no idea. I can't. I don't have crystal ball. I can't look at the future, but I can say, the last few years, Purdue has played a brand of basketball that I can be extremely, extremely proud of, and that we all can sit here and go, "Man, they've done it right for at least a couple years here." You know, March March Madness aside, and I know there's a, a segment of the fans that are just saying hey, nothing matters until we get to March. I get it. I get it. Um, I'm here going to say it's, it's, this matters. This matters. And, you know, okay, you know, the, in the history books, they're going to remember Purdue lost to a, a 16 seed last year. Great, whatever, you know. Um, but who knows what's going to happen this year and, and what different type of history could get written. We don't know. Uh, we just got to sit here. We have to enjoy it. 
we need to just take, uh, you know, take and breathe in everything that Zach Eady's been doing for us and this, you know, the seniors of this program, the coaching job that Matt Painter's been doing. And, and let's not get into these nasty, uh, criminally online back and forth segments of who's better than who and who deserves playing time more than this person. We don't need that negativity sit here and enjoy what's going on in front of us because this is something special whether or not you want to acknowledge it yeah boilermaker for life on twitter says golden time in purdue basketball and it is this is you know Derek luchik says this is the most dominant purdue has ever been and they have except for quite literally two games in march and luck unfortunately those are two of the biggest games in you know or those are like the biggest games of the entire year when you're looking right. at the entire season but it goes back to i, I totally get people being critical of March and I think it's fair, but at the same time, March isn't here yet. And, and you have to do whatever you can to prep yourself to that spot. And Purdue is taking care of that. Right. Um, got a comment from a Facebook user said we need that one seat in the Midwest. Um, we could, you know, uh, talking with, with Tonsoni who does run Delphi Bractology. I mean, he said it and pretty much across the board, it's a lot would have to go wrong for Purdue in order for that one seat in the Midwest right. to not happen at this point. Their resume is the best in the country. Right. They are, without a doubt, a top-two team talent-wise in the entire country um, and, and very easily can make the argument for number one. And right. then the other thing with that, too, is um, UConn is, is UConn is the only team right now that realistically could overtake Purdue for that number one overall seed. If they get it, they'll be going, I believe, probably to TD Garden in Boston. That, yep. That's where their closest thing is going to be. So Purdue's then the two seed, and they'll still get the Detroit. Um, right. So a lot, a lot of things right. that will have to go against Purdue in order to not have that this year. Yeah, you uh, have to keep keep in mind Purdue's going to have to drop to a three seed if they lose the Indianapolis uh, Detroit pathway. Uh, you know, at this point, I mean, to get to a three seed, my goodness, you're going to have to lose the majority of your games for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening, and I got, I don't want to be the guy that jinxed this. So nobody clipped this if that was to happen. You know, you know, I don't want that on my soul. But you know, to get a three seed, it's going to have to be a, a lot going wrong. And I think that Purdue has what it takes to, you know, it, you know, secure that one seed. If not, uh, for sure, uh, glide into a two seed. Yep, um, and it does look like I think Craig's going to log on here pretty quick. Michael Hogg goes, Joe and Ben. I have to ask: Is this a quad two win? I believe it's a quad three. I think it's a quad three. Which that's, that's what I, I, mean, I believe as Purdue fans, it's like, dang, that's a quad three, only a quad three win, but it's also like a little funny that it's a quad three win. <laughs> like truthful, it is a little bit. Um, and look at that. We do have Craig. Well, I think we have Craig. We're getting him. Throw him in he is. He's not ready. He's not ready. That's uh, that's on him. Uh, Craig, we have a comments, and I've been saving it for when you got on, and then we'll get to the presser stuff after this, as me and Ben have pretty much got through everything from the game and all that. JB goes, does the ED3 rank above or below the Octus Dunk in IU game history? Uh, no, I don't, think it, I don't think it ranks above the Octus Dunk. I mean, that, the thing about the Octus Dunk is it was so unexpected. Like, that, that was not the guy that you expected to put IU on a poster in that game. So I think it just came out of nowhere. And then you have that just fantastic historical call of baptizing the masses and everything else. So, yeah, I'm going to have to stick with the Octus dunk uh, over Zach's three, even though that was a special moment for sure. <laughs> so I was sitting next to Craig here in press row, and uh, I just about bit through my tongue after kind of jumping out of my seat. Uh, that was incredible to me. Uh, yeah. uh, I've been wanting it for, for multiple years now. Uh, I just think it's it's so poetic that it happened against the, the Hoosiers. And, uh, and you know, I, I just can't like that enough. That's all I got. Fair. Yeah, Ben Ben did not do a good job of remembering that he was on media row in that moment whatsoever. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. You get a little <laughs> bit of a pass during that. I, I wasn't the only one. At least a little bit. So right. um Craig was doing, he was underneath uh, at press, you know, press conferences and stuff like that. So Craig, I'll throw it to you first about the press conferences. Um, I, we saw, I, I mentioned the one clip of where Edie mentioned Braden Smith athleticism and heights in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> so I, I assume Braden and Edie were the ones that were there for players, but anything stand out to you from painter? I assume Woodson got questions or, or either the Purdue, any of the Purdue players. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that painter really focused on was just how much more physical our fours were. 
uh, against IU in this game than in the game down there. He, he felt like they weren't physical enough on box outs and, and just rebounding and making things difficult for them, even though they kind of bottled Renew up for most of the game down there until late in, also. But uh, he th- just really referenced the fact that he thought TKR and Gillis both uh, were way more physical. Um from that standpoint, and I, that was something I put in my notes too. I, I thought, especially in the second half, right out of the gate, um, <clears throat> TKR, TKR gave some really good defensive moments. Was was killer on the glass, and then obviously he, you know, had had his biggest offensive stretch right out of the gate too, and that was purposeful as well. Uh, they knew the foul trouble that IU's bigs were in. They felt like they would leave TKR one-on-one, and then Zach could be there to clean up the offensive glass because uh, he's a little bit better at that than TKR, and they thought TKR could still take people on post moves down there. So it, it was very intentional to feed TKR the ball uh, early and often to start that second half to try to put him in foul trouble. And if he made it, great. If he missed it, Zach was there to clean it up. Yeah, that was one of the things we hit on was, you know, TKR's. that was a really good stint from him in that second half. And we were kind of saying how it felt like it seemed like too recently – um, where if TKR does get that hot hand, especially early in that second half when they try going to him, Painter's not afraid to just keep going. And he'll yep. keep going to TKR for that entire stint that he's in. And, and um, you know, draw fouls, make some hooks, get good energy. And, and TKR and Gillis in both, really high energy. Um, that was also something we hit on for sure. Is, is anything else kind of stand out from the press presser worth kind of talking about it all a little bit? Um, so, uh, apparently Zach's three was not planned, uh, by coach painter. Um, he, he said, uh, when he was asked about it, he just said, yeah, um, they did that without my knowledge. And then he kind of made a joke that Zach missed it so bad that he made it. Um, so it was a funny little moment in there from, from painter in regards to that. I guess really the only other thing that, that jumped out Smith and, and, uh, painter both talked about it. Gillis was in there too, actually, by the way, um, after he had, a really nice offensive second half, but really the other thing that stood out to me was uh, Painter and Ann Smith both talking about how IU was trying to keep the ball or keep Braden from getting to his right. So they were trying to force him left, but then Braden had three or four reads once he got there about what he wanted to do with the ball. And a lot of times he was able to kind of snake that back the other direction and still get to his right. And then once he did, the way that defense was set up, then everything was just wide open. And, um, you know, he mentioned like the first time uh, that he got all the way to the rim in the game, he was just like, where's everybody at? <laughs> like, no, like, no, nobody, nobody came over and got me. So he's like, I just, I just kept going because <laughs> uh, the lane was there for me and the importance of just reading what's there, you know, and painter always references in regards to that, that for Smith, that's, that's like being a quarterback and going through your first read, your second read, go through your progressions, know what's there from a defensive standpoint and just how good he is at making those reads in real time, making quick decisions. And, you know, uh, whether that's feeding the ball back to Zach on that pick and roll, whether that's pulling up and shooting that elbow jumper, um, or if they go under shooting the three or if nobody stops him, go ahead and go all the way to the rim. And, and he just, he has every single one of those options in his bag. And he didn't have any trouble making layups today like he had in some of the other games. But four or five of those layups, there wasn't anybody within two feet of him. So. Right. Yeah, it was it was really, really, really good game from him, especially that first half. And he just didn't force. He just took what was there and made the right play. So, uh, yeah, shout out, Braden. Really, really, really strong first half. Um, strong good. game. Yeah, just in general, for sure, for sure. 19 points, nine rebounds, nine rebounds, four assists, um, and four steals, which – might be a career high. I'll fact check that as I throw it back to you, Craig, as you know, me and Ben have gone through a lot and is what kind of some of your key points and and that, and then we'll probably get out of here. I mean, obviously the rebounding margin was huge. I think we were plus 10 on offensive rebounds and as you go through there and you look and the shooting percentage from total field goal percentage was basically identical. Um, We shoot a little bit better from three than they do, maybe seven or 8%. Well, maybe 10 percentage points by the end. Um, but same field goal attempts, same percentage, basically, in terms of total field goals. And you go, okay, well, where'd those points come from? Well, um, you know, they were plus 15 or 18 in free throws, I think. And they were plus 10 in offensive rebounds. So right there tells you a lot of the story of the game. Uh, I, I thought defensively, Purdue did really, really good things. They weren't hitting from outside. And Purdue did a really nice job of just making thing di- 
things difficult on Renew, who looked visibly frustrated at times. Um, you know, Ware got to that little lob a few times, and he had that pick and pop three. Mbako, real early, they they hunted him like in those first four or five plays to get a matchup and, and post up, and then Purdue was able to kind of do a nice job of not letting him get that switch that he wanted and kind of focusing on that. So I thought defensively they were really good. Obviously, IU dismissed some wide open threes as well. But, you know, I think the big picture thing for me is, you know, in the end, Purdue ends up winning this game by 20. This could have been a 35-point game had Purdue not just kind of started messing around. I mean, they kind of, you could tell they were trying to just make some crazy plays to get the fans excited. And, I, I mean, that alley-oop dunk to Zach. Zach was still like five feet out in the lane when Braden throws it. And um, obviously Zach's three, but then there were some other little things in there too that maybe got got a little bit cute uh, at times, I guess, towards the end of that game. But I have never in, in my entire life of watching Purdue IU, I cannot remember a single game for either one of these two teams where the other team was comfortable enough midway through the second half to just start screwing around. Like... <laughs> I mean, they, they were just messing around and having fun, man. And, and there's still like six, seven minutes left in the game. And there's just no worry whatsoever or thought in their mind whatsoever that IU had any chance of making this a game. And that's where this team is. We have said it throughout the whole year. This team is just different than last year. Um, like this team is, has all the confidence in the world. A lot of it starting with Lance Jones. And I think it's spread and, um, like I think they fully understand how insanely good they are this year. And so in a game like this, they know that they can mess around. I don't think you see that last year because it's just still trying to get comfortable and understand what they are. They know who they are 100% this year. Um, so Ben, I don't know if you have anything to, anything to add on anything like that. Nothing more to be said, man. All right. Well, um, I'll throw it back to you, Craig, one more time. Just, you know, if you, if you do have other stuff, we are a little bit over an hour. Um, still 200 plus 250 plus in here. We do appreciate that. Um, please hit the like and subscribe button. Craig, you're good. You said, right? I'm good. I'm looking forward to the Rutgers game at home next week. Um, well, Rutgers that, is a little bit of different team with that, Jeremiah that'll Williams. Be, that'll be a bit of an issue because it is Minnesota next week. But wait, when's Rutgers? When do we have Rutgers? Following Thursday. Oh, shoot. I was a week ahead of schedule. My bad. Rutgers game will be fun, but next Thursday is Minnesota. Uh, I think that's an 8.30 tip. 8.30 tip on Big Ten Network. Um, so we will obviously be here. We'll be be live right, pretty much right after the show. Minnesota is a team that has, has some life. They have some juice this year. Not a game that Purdue can just assume they'll walk in and win. But at the same time, they're better and, and should win. Um, but we'll, we'll be here for that next Thursday. Um yeah, so do appreciate everybody tuning in. We appreciate Ben once again filling in, uh, being able just to, to help us out here and, and doing the show. Um, didn't put up the photo yet. Was kind of saving it for the end. But we did have have Braggs on, on daddy-daughter duty today at, at the daddy-daughter dance. So uh, shout-out Braggs. Busy week for him covering the Super Bowl. And then obviously family comes first. So having to take care of stuff there. Ben, um, throw it to you. Just let everybody know where they can find you and all your work. Well, yeah, thank you uh, for having me again, guys. And uh, Greg, uh, beautiful picture with you and your daughter. That's fantastic. You know, um, hope you guys had a good time. Uh, you know, you can catch me at uh, ISC Purdue. It's ISC underscore PU. Or uh, my Twitter is at BRKOLO. Uh, I write uh, weekly columns and articles. And uh, if you're a Northwest Indiana region rat, I have a radio show and a couple television sports shows and, and that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, it just kind of a, a little passion project of mine is making sure my boilers uh, have some fairly snarky and sarcastic coverage. And I am uh, I'm the guy for that. So uh, thank you uh, for having me again, guys. This has been a wonderful day. Yeah, really appreciate you filling in once again. So definitely go give Ben a follow on Twitter and at where he does all of his work. And then at ISC underscore Purdue, you can follow Craig on Twitter at Craig Bowers 34 and me on Twitter at Joe Jackson CBB. Follow Boilers in the Stands on Twitter at Boilers in Stands. We'll have, you know, there's sometimes some post-game quotes. We have some keys to the game, live in-game updates, sometimes some graphics, just a little bit of a little bit of everything. But it's also a place where you can find all of our links to our shows. We, you know, 
are on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe button on the way out. Helps us a ton. We've hit recently hit 2K subs. Um, and just thank you to all of you for that. If you are listening on audio, we are on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Um, give those a five-star review and a good rating. So we do appreciate everything, everybody. And really quick, just as a personal thank you, like this was my this was my first game covering Purdue IU in person. That's my first real year covering Purdue in person like this too. But, uh, you know, don't take these moments for granted. It is because you guys tune in and you listen to what we have to say. Uh, you put up with us for an hour. So genuinely, like, do appreciate everybody that tunes in and all the support. Always enjoy meeting you guys at Mackey or wherever. I'm um, just, just stopping by and saying hi. So wanted to throw that out there because it is a, a cool experience and one I don't take for granted. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We will be live Thursday against Minnesota, not Rutgers. Uh, 8.30, 8.30 Eastern time tip, Big Ten Network. We'll be live here after. Thank you all for tuning in as Purdue gets another 20-point win over Indiana. Boiler up.